So thank you all for coming. This is our first ever how-to. Hopefully we'll do this every month and they will get better and better. So if you have some feedback on what we can do to make them better, you can let Kim know and we'll work that up for the next time. Anything. Or if you have something that you'd be interested in hearing about, then let us know that as well. We don't have any, we don't have any, we don't have any planned after this in terms of content. So if there's some things that y'all want us to talk about, we would be happy to look at that as well. So I'm going to pray and then um, I'll share a few, a few minutes and then we'll talk around our tables. God, thanks for these folks and I thank you for them coming out. And I do pray that you teach us. I pray that you would teach us. This whole idea of hearing you, I think, is very close to your heart. And it's something that we want to grow in. And so I pray that you would work in each of our hearts. And we would all learn what your voice sounds like to us so that we can follow you more closely. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, so tonight we'll look at this whole idea of how to hear God. And there'll be a bunch of content up here. Don't feel like you've got to try to keep up with it. If you care, at some point we can... I'll give you the slides. So this whole idea of hearing God, really important to me. It's really important to our church. I think it's really important to, to the Lord. One thing is we've been emphasizing this that surprised me was pushback. There's been, um, not necessarily from within our congregation, but outside there's been some pushback about this whole idea of hearing God. So let me give you a couple of objections. I don't know, I doubt any of you have these, but you may. But you may talk to somebody at some point, and this whole idea of hearing God may be a hang-up for them. One is, does it devalue the Bible? Like, is the Bible not sufficient? Why do we need anything else? The Bible is absolutely sufficient. It's, it's the most authoritative, truth-filled, um, revelatory book out there. And for the things that it talks about, it's completely sufficient. You don't need to go anywhere else to find out anything about salvation. You don't need to go anywhere else to find out anything about the character of God. But there's lots of things that the Bible doesn't speak about And so there's got to be some way, if you want to have the Lord's input, for him to give us that input on all of the things that you deal with on a daily basis that are not included in the Bible. Another big um, issue people have is, well, doesn't that open you up to being led astray? Absolutely, it does, 100%. There's actually a book. It's called God Made Me Do It. It's not written by a Christian. It's written by a guy who's just gone through the newspaper and collected All of the stories of people saying, God told me to. Everything from a lady directing traffic topless in Florida to Kenneth Copeland saying, God told me to get a $30 million plane to a guy saying, the dishes in the sink were dirty and God told me to shoot my wife. Like, and everything in between. And like, that absolutely, God made me do it. God told me to. There have been some terrible things that people have done based on that. I was a teller at a bank for two summers, and part of the training, the training was very brief considering how much responsibility I felt like we had, but one of the days, is actually one hour, was on counterfeiting. How do you know counterfeit money? And I was expecting a pretty detailed, um, and now here are all the ways people try to scam you and con you, and here's what counterfeit bills look like, and all they did was dump money on the table and say, count it. That's what we did. We just counted it. And they said, if you know what real money feels like, then when you touch fake money, you'll know it. You can't counterfeit the paper that it's on. So you don't need to worry about any of the counterfeits. You just be familiar with the real thing. And I think when it comes to hearing the voice of God, that's, that's it. Absolutely, we can be led astray. The solution is not to say, well, I don't want to hear God. The solution is I want to become so familiar 
with what he sounds like and the types of things that he says, that if there's a counterfeit, it'll feel fun. It'll, it won't sit right with me. I'll recognize the counterfeit when it comes, not because I know all of the scams and I know all of the schemes, but because I'm so familiar with the real thing. Um, two other things. When we talk about hearing God, I don't, I'm not talking about audibly. Occasionally, rarely, people will hear God's voice through their ears. That's not what we're talking about. If that happens for you, you don't need me to tell you about it. Like, you'll know. In general, God speaks to us through our, in our hearts, not through our ears. And if you're looking for the undeniable, that rarely happens also. It's that Elijah, his voice is not in the earthquake, it's not in the wind, it's not in the fire, it's in the whisper. God is still looking for faith. From us, He does yell occasionally, but it's very rare. Usually, his voice is something that we can miss. We can ignore. We can um, kind of talk our way out of that because he is looking to generate faith in us and for us to respond to him in faith. So if you're looking for lightning bolts, billboards, undeniable, I would say not, that's not going to be your experience on an ongoing basis. Those types of experiences are very rare. So, big picture, we're creating the image of a relational God. That's Genesis 1.27. God is relational, and so he's looking for a relationship from us. Relationships require communication, you know that, and all communication is two-way, listening and speaking. So that's kind of the big theological picture for why do we even talk about this whole idea of hearing God, because he's looking for a relationship with us, and relationship requires communication and then underneath that, something that at Stonebridge we push pretty hard is that idea of wanting to live led versus driven. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We can't see him, and so I don't know how to be led by him unless we're listening to what he's saying to us. So that's kind of the big picture for us as a church for why this whole idea of cultivating a heart that knows how to listen to the Lord is important. So here's kind of our posture. This is what we're going to look at tonight. Ask, assume, and act. We'll talk about each of those things. But in general, we're talking about hearing God. That's our responsibility. We obviously can't make God talk. But when it comes to putting myself in a position to hear him, I'm going to ask him to speak to me. I'm going to assume that he is speaking to me. And then I'm going to act on what I hear. And we'll walk through each one of these. That'll be the rest of our time together. So first is ask. This is just some scripture just in case you need some orientation. I just pulled three. There's plenty more that show all of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all involved in this idea of speaking to us. And again, there's plenty of other scripture out there. I just pulled these three out to show this is, again, this idea we serve and we're created in the image of a relational God. And all three persons are involved in leading us. Let's see the next one. This is easy, so we're not going to spend much time on this. You all know how to ask God for things. So when it comes to asking God to speak to you, that's all you're doing. And you can do that generally or specifically. I don't know if you've ever said, you know what? There's not a whole lot pressing on me today. God, what's on your mind? And you may say, everything's on God's mind. Okay, but what about for you? Have you ever just said, what do you want me to pray about today? I can go in a thousand directions. What do you want me to, where do you want me to focus? What do you want me to pray about? What do you, what do you, th- what do you think about? What's happening in our city or in our country, or in our world. That's kind of a general asking. And you may be surprised at what you sense when you open yourself up to him that way without an agenda. And then there's obviously all of the specific things that you want to ask him about. The decisions that you're facing, 
you want to ask him about, invite him in. I know sometimes for we can have this uh, kind of sacred, secular divide. And we say, well, God cares about this kind of stuff, but he doesn't care about this kind of stuff. I'm always shocked, and this is, no, um, this is not a slam on anyone, but I'm always shocked at the people who tell me that they never ask God about anything that they do in their work. And you're spending 40 or 50 hours a week in this arena, and you're never asking God about it. And some of that's the fault of people like me who make that, maybe reinforce that division. And some of that's your own responsibility to say, I'm here, God, you've got something to say about what I'm doing at Turner or Home Depot or wherever I'm working, you've got, do you have anything to say about this? And that may be a challenge for some of you uh, in your business life. If that's not something that you normally do, figure out how do I begin to include him in this arena. So that's asking. We're going to move past that pretty quick, assuming this is, I think this is what's hard. This to me is where internally, we can have a lot of tension. When you ask God to speak to you, to me, if you want to hear him, you've got to assume that he's speaking. And I think for whatever reason, many of us were raised to think God only speaks to fill in the blank, and we're not what's written in the blank. It's not people like us. And so we think if God's going to speak to us, it's either going to be a lightning bolt, it's going to be very rare, that's just not the kind of thing that he does. And so we may ask him to lead us, But we don't really think that he's going to. And so my encouragement to you is to begin to assume that God is speaking to you. And you will miss it. Like, you'll miss it. If you do that, I'll tell you now, there's going to be times where you think it's the Lord and you step out and you will be flat wrong. But I really, I think it's okay. It's falling or failing, if you like that, forward. It's, I I, I tried. I thought it was you and I took a step and I think God is pleased with that. So I want... This out of the three, asking, assuming, and acting, I think this is the hardest one to begin to cultivate because it is different than the way a lot of us were raised. So what are the ways God speaks to us? All of these things, I got them from somebody else. They all start with a C-S. That's not me, but they will help you remember these five common ways that God speaks. So what I'm going to say is, Lord, I'm assuming that you're speaking to me, and I'm assuming that you're going to speak to me through one of these five Avenues. The first is compelling spirit. So that's direct communication with God. Normally, it's that top bullet point. Thoughts, pictures, feelings, kind of a sense or an intuition. It's that kind of internal action where you feel like the Lord is, is revealing something to you directly. I think when that happens, so what is, so for me, those things are usually words. I rarely see pictures in my mind. Um, I n- never have feelings. So for me, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's a thought. It's a word. And when, I mean, when I'm saying a word, I'm talking about one or two or three words. I'm not talking about a page. Short little flashes of something. If I get those when I'm praying... Or when I'm worshiping, I pay attention because I feel like, well, that's time when I'm being attentive to the Lord. And so if during prayer or worship something flashes into my head, I used to say, that's a distraction. Let me figure out how to refocus. What I've started to say is maybe that's the Lord. And it might not have been what I was thinking about, but maybe that's what he's thinking about. And so I'm going to pay attention to that. 
Now, he can speak to me anytime, but if during prayer and worship, prayer or worship, I see a picture or I have a thought run through my mind, I make a note of that and I pay attention. If it's something that's smarter than me, I pay attention. If I'm going, wow, I, I wouldn't have thought of that on my own. Then I, I grab onto that and think, maybe that's the Lord because he's smarter than me. If it's something that would bless another person, I think, you know what? That may be him as well. If I'm praying and I have this thought, buy flowers for Misty, I think, all right, that might be the Lord. That's a, it's, I can't go wrong. And so <laughs> let's do that. Call your mom. Okay. Like, whatever those things are that in the past I would tend to see as a distraction when I was trying to focus on the Lord. Now I'm saying, is that God trying to say, what you're doing is fine. That's wonderful. What about this? Here's what I'm doing. Do you want to know about it? And so that would be my encouragement to you. Some of you are feelers, and so God may speak to you through your emotions, and that's, that's just as valid as him speaking through your thoughts. Kim sees pictures a lot. That's the way God tends to, t- tends to speak to her. That may be the way he speaks to you. You just see an image in your mind. Some people have, um, it's, it's none of that. It's, again, it's kind of like this sense, this I should do this, and you can't really verbalize it. You just know there's this compulsion to go and do something. And I think the Lord can speak through any of those ways. I would just encourage you to pay attention um, to that. Visions and dreams, those are more rare. It's in the Bible. A vision is a dream when you're awake. God may speak to you through those things. I would say um, my experience, dreams are more common than visions. Uh, And dream, it can be tricky because obviously you're asleep when you're dreaming, but you may have a dream and you wake up and you remember it. You might want to write that down and then just ask the Lord. Erica dreams a lot. And so if that's something, a way that the Lord speaks to you, you may want to compare notes with her and you say, all right, what is this looking like? And you write down what you, I never remember my dreams. So when I do remember them, I think, oh, there might be something significant there. And there's probably been four or five times where for our church, I've had a dream and it's helped move us around something, and it's usually, because I'm a thinker, when I get stuck mentally and I can't figure my way through, then sometimes when I'm asleep and I can't think, then God will show me something, that it's a way through a problem or a way around an obstacle. So that may be your experience. Visitations, that's rare, but again, in the Bible, angels appear to people, and that still happens, but that's, I would say, don't, that's not what you're going for. You're not saying God unless an angel. That's not what we're doing. We're saying God speak to me in whatever way that you want to. And then commanding scripture, there's two ways that we hear from the Lord through the word. One is general commands. Like you don't need to ask, what do I do if somebody sins against me? You forgive them. That's plain. It's written in red. You don't need to wonder. Honor your father and mother. It's a general command. Like that's what we do. We don't need to ask about those kinds of things. There may be times for some of you where you've read something, you've been like, that verse is for me, or that verse speaks to me. You wouldn't necessarily stand up here and tell everybody, here's what this verse means. But for you, you would in your small group, though. You would say, I was reading this today, and I was wrestling, and I really feel like God spoke to me through this verse. That's a personal command or a personal application. And those things are valid for you. That's nothing that you want to project onto anyone else but absolutely can be valid for you. And so my encouragement is for you to hold both of those things in, is together. You want the Word and the Spirit together. Don't choose. There's a place that's in John 
5 where Jesus is criticizing the Pharisees. And he says, y'all are searching the scripture because you think you're going to find the words of life in it. And you don't recognize me. Like the scriptures are talking about me and you don't recognize me. And so I think there's a danger of all word and no spirit. Dead religion is what comes out of that. And there's absolutely a danger, all spirit and no word. You wind up topless directing traffic in the street. And we don't want either of those things. So we want to hold both the word and the spirit together. And I would add this third one. It just wouldn't fit on that screen. Go ahead, Kim. Council of the Saints. These, those to me are the big three. Spirit. Scripture and saints are the big three that I'm looking to see. Is there alignment around all three of these things? So we say here at Stonebridge, and I think it's true if you look through the word, God speaks to the body, through the body. He usually speaks through people who love you. Occasionally, and this is also biblical, he speaks through donkeys. And you know who those people are. And, you're, and you might not call them donkeys, but, that's, but that's, he does that. So it doesn't always come through someone who loves you, but it usually comes through someone who loves you. And so that's one of the reasons we've pushed so hard to see people in community in small groups is that's if you're not in relationship with people who love you and love God, then to me, you've cut off one of the primary ways God wants to speak into your life. You've, you've, let, you've left it out. He, he can speak direct, directly to you. He can speak to you through the word, absolutely, but he can't speak to you through other people. And that's one of the most common ways that he does speak to us. And so those relationships have to be transparent where people know what's going on with you, vulnerable where you actually allow them to speak into your life. doesn't mean everything that somebody says to you is the Lord, but he often does speak to us through other people. And I'm not just talking about he speaks to us through people who we may consider prophets. He speaks to us through regular folks all of the time. These last two to me are in a different category like if we had one, two, three, then these are like 19 and 20. There's a big gap to me between spirit, scripture, and saints, and common sense and circumstantial signs. I'll be direct. So this is me personally. You don't have to incorporate this in your life. I will be directed by spirit, scripture, and saints. I rarely will be directed by these other things. To me, those are more confirming than they are directing uh, common sense is really, it's just wisdom. And a lot of times, like, it's out there. Read Proverbs. There's tons of wisdom in the Bible, and there's tons of just kind of life experience wisdom out there. And oftentimes, the wise thing to do is the right thing to do. But to me, wisdom can easily become leaning on my own understanding. And so prayerless wisdom makes me really nervous. When I talk to people and they just are constantly doing kind of the, quote, wise thing, I'm saying, does God have any input in this at all? What if he wants you to do something that's not wise? What if he wants you to walk around a city for seven days and that's your battle strategy? Like, that's dumb. That's not wise. But it's what he told him to do. It doesn't always mean the crazy thing is God. To me, there's got to be some place to say, God, what are you saying? And if what you're saying is the wise thing, then absolutely Let's do that. Revelation always trumps wisdom, but you want to make sure it's actually revelation and not just what you want to do. And then circumstantial signs to me are so slippery. Um, I think they're very hard. I think they're very hard to read, except retrospectively. Oftentimes there are open doors and you're supposed to walk past them. 
there's closed doors and you're supposed to kick them down. I think it's difficult to make decisions based on signs because it's so easy to interpret the sign based on what I want. And it's so you can do what you want with that. But for me, they're unreliable when it comes to direction. But I think they can be very encouraging when it comes to confirmation. And you can see there's some examples in Acts where um, we'll look at that in a minute. So assume God is speaking to you last. What is it? Act on what you've heard. So there's three phases in kind of hearing God. There's revelation. That's everything we've talked about. That's getting something. God is telling me something through common sense, through the, my brothers and sisters, through the word, directly by his spirit. He's telling me something. That's revelation. So that's, kind of, that's the data. That's the word that he's given to me. Then there's interpretation. What does that mean? And it's easy, once I get revelation, to then go off on my own. Galatians 3.3 3 talks about beginning in the spirit and finishing in the flesh. And I feel like when it comes to hearing God, it's super easy to do that. We hear something from the Lord, and then rather, rather than taking the next step and saying, all right, what am I supposed to do with this, and what does this mean, we just kind of take off, and it can cause us to um, make some pretty bad decisions. And then application, what am I supposed to do with what this word is? So let me show you. This is from Acts. You may be familiar with this. So this is, they're talking about Paul. So after we, that's Luke and Paul, had been there, that's in Jerusalem, a number of days, a prophet came down from Judea. So this is a prophet. This guy has a track record of hearing from God. You can read about him in other places in Acts, named Agabus. Coming over to us, he took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and says, the Holy Spirit says, in this way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and will hand him over to the Gentiles. So that's revelation. That's Agabus saying, here's what's going to happen to you, Paul. And he's actually dead on. Like, he is totally correct in what he heard. Then verse 12, when we heard this, we and the people there pleaded with Paul not to go up to Jerusalem. They missed it. God had been, if you read earlier in Acts, God had been speaking to Paul saying, go to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem, go to Jerusalem. It's probably not going to go well for you, but you've got to go. So this guy, this prophet, hears a genuine word from God, revelation, But the the interpretation and the application are completely wrong. If Paul had done what they said, he would have been disobedient to the Lord. God wanted him in Jerusalem because from Jerusalem, Paul could get to Rome. And that's where he needed him to get. And that was the route that God had ordained for Paul to go through Jerusalem to Rome. And so that's why it's important for us not just to say, what is God saying to me? But then to go deeper and say, what does this actually mean? Particularly if what you're see, if you're a picture person, if that's kind of the way the Lord speaks to you is through pictures, a picture can mean a lot. And so you want to take some time and say, God, what does this actually mean? That's why, again, it's so important, I think, to be in community because other people can help you figure that out. And then to say, so what am I supposed to do with this? Not every, you know, this was, they, they missed it. Thankfully, Paul didn't, he, Paul was strong. And what he knew from the Lord. And so he didn't give in to probably some very persuasive people who he loved. Who were with the best of intentions would have moved him off center. So for us, we want to say, God, again, it's not just what are you saying to me. What does it mean? That's why it's important to know the word. There's nothing God's going to speak to you directly that's going to contradict the word. 
And what am I supposed to do with this? I think that's one of the reasons or one of the places where it's really great to have people around you who can help you interpret and apply. So again, to me, the greater the significance of the decision, the more clarity and confirmation. But anything of significance, I want those first three things to line up. It doesn't always happen, but I want those first three things to line up. I want my own internal sense of peace. That's what I'm really looking for from the Lord. I'm looking for some peace in this from you. I want what I'm seeing in Scripture and what people who know me and love me are saying to me. I want all three of those things to be pointing in the same direction before I take a step on something that is significant. If it's calling my mom, it doesn't matter if I miss it because she's going to be happy no matter what. But if it's something that actually has consequences, I want to make sure those first three things are in alignment. Again, not just what God is saying, what does it mean, and what does it mean for us. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Oh, hindrances. So here's some things that can get in the way, make it difficult. I don't know if you wrestle with any of these. One is lack of belief. That's just some people don't believe God speaks. I don't think that's any of you, but if you don't, then you're probably not going to hear him. Lack of confidence. This one's huge. God doesn't speak to me or I'm not spiritual enough to hear him or I don't know the Bible well enough. That, that's a big one. I think a lot of people get knocked out because they just don't have any confidence that they're actually sons and daughters of God, that they're going to know his voice. Jesus says, you know my, my sheep, know my voice. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're one of his sheep, you know, what, you know his voice. And you need to believe that you do. And you don't have to, it's not about you, it's about him. He says you will. So can you trust him that you'll actually know his voice? Lack of attentiveness, that's just we're busy and sometimes we just don't pay attention. Sometimes we don't take time to ask. Lack of responsiveness, we've got to act on what God is saying to us. That was that whole, that last piece. If you're not going to know if it's the Lord until you actually take the risk of obedience. Now, I don't necessarily look for good results. Like that to me is not confirmation that I've been obedient. In the kingdom, obedience is success. And so just the fact that I'm saying, okay, God, as much as I know me and you, I think this is what you're saying to me. And so I'm going to take a risk with this. I think he's pleased with that. And so what I'm looking for in terms of results are all internal. Do I have joy and peace around this decision or did it cause anxiety in me? If it caused anxiety, then I probably missed it. Do I feel convicted from the Lord? Like, no, nah, that was you. And you knew that was you and you just slapped my name on it because it was what you wanted to do. Or do I feel his pleasure? Like, hey, I'm proud of you. Good job. That's really what I'm looking for more than did things work out. If I'm only looking at did things work out, I can be misled pretty easily. So when I'm saying act and then you'll, that reinforces if it's God, I'm thinking more of looking internally and saying, what's the, what are the results in my heart of this decision that I made? Again, is there more peace? Is there more joy? Do I feel the Lord's pleasure? Do I, did he confirm anything to me? Much more so than did everything work out the way that I wanted it to, because I think that can be some false information. So that lack of responsiveness can be a hindrance to hearing the Lord because we're not actually doing anything with what he says. Again, some of us will wait for these lightning bolts, this 100% clarity, and you're not going to get it, I don't think. It's very rare. I think there's always risk involved. 
Because God's he's looking for faith. Do you trust me? You've got 75%. Is that good enough? Is the revelation that you have enough for you to say, yeah, I'm going to take a step? And that type of responsiveness, I think the Lord does honor. And the, the fear of stepping out will shut down your ability to hear the Lord as quick as anything. I think that's it, right? Good. So here's what I want us to do. We're going to try this and see if it works. We're going to pick Penny because she's on staff and she can't say no. And we're going to pray for her. I've done this a couple of times and it usually works out pretty good. So some of you know her and some of you don't. That doesn't necessarily matter. Actually, knowing her may make it trickier for you to listen to the Lord because there's things that you're going to be thinking about her. Um, And so you're trying to kind of get underneath that. And all we're going to do is try to encourage her. That's it. And so I'm going to pray. And then we're all going to be quiet for um, a, a minute. I'll do that up here just for one minute. Uh, and then we're going to share. And if you feel like the Lord gave you a picture or a Bible verse or a word for her, then I want you to share it. If it's not encouraging, then it's not from the Lord. And you know that. Like, that's honest. Like, that's a great test. If it's not encouraging, it's not from the Lord. And so you don't need to share it. And I would say if it's directive, then you probably, that's, we're not sharing those things either. We're not saying, Penny, you should do this. I'm, I hear the Lord telling you to move. Like, don't share that. That's not what we're doing. I, you're going to get married in six months. Those kind of directive things are not helpful. And so we're not doing, that's not what we want either. It's just genuine encouragement. So, If it's encouraging, the worst thing that happens is you missed it and she's still encouraged. So this is a safe spot. Uh, I don't want you to feel pressure like, I've got to produce. I'm not going to go around and ask everybody to say something. We'll just open it up. And the thinking of doing it together instead of around the table was it would be less pressure on people. Because you wouldn't wouldn't be around the table with six people and be the only one who doesn't share. You know, there's 40 in here and we're all not going to have time. To talk. Does that make sense? So what I would like you to do, I'm going to pray, then you be quiet. Um, if there's something that you feel, how do you know if it's something you could share? Oftentimes, I think when it's in a public setting, there, there's some type of, there's a kind of some butterflies a lot of times that are associated with sharing. That may be one re- way that you know, hey, this is something that the Lord wants it, that may not work, that may not be true for you, but sometimes that's a nice little rule of thumb in a corporate setting. Is this something that needs to be shared with everybody or not? It's, do you have that kind, of, that kind of nervous, all right, I'm going to have to talk in front of people kind of feeling? A lot of times that's the Lord. So let me pray, and then we'll see if this works. God, I do thank you that you speak to us. We just blew through a ton of information and My desire for us is you just plant one or two things in each of our hearts that will help us cultivate listening hearts. You want to lead us, and my desire for each one of us is that we would live led by you. That we would hear you in your word, that we would hear you directly speaking to our spirit. We would hear you through the voice of other brothers and sisters. God, that we would know wisdom, we would know, be able to interpret the signs, but particularly those first three, God, I pray that we would know your voice. And so now as we 
experiment on Penny. I pray she'd be encouraged. And I pray that she would be, she would hear something from you through us. So we open ourselves up to you and we assume now that you want to encourage Penny through us. Okay. So some of you, this is kind of old hat for you, and I want you to not share first. So for those of you who this is not, this is easy, you've been doing this for a long time, you're comfortable, hold back a little bit so maybe some people who this will be more of a, um, a risk for will have some space to share. So anybody have something that just kind of popped into your head immediately? First thing, yes. Great. It's good. Does anybody else? Yeah. It's good. You had something? She is. It's good. Anybody else? I don't know, me either, but um, like the Lord just said that um, she could give her a life, and that even when she might stumble in words or be nervous about what she shares, that um, he just uses her countenance and who she is to present him to others with the words that are happening for It's good. You obviously feel that as you're sharing it as well. It's good. Anyone else? Charlene, then Becca, then Jed. Nice. Judd? It's good. Okay, I want to do this, not because it was the best one, because it was the first one. I want you to share again, Bonnie. So what we just did was kind of like 101, so this is 201. So we just we graduated to the next class. 
We're going to take that picture, again, not because it was the best, just because it was first, so I don't want anybody to get their feelings hurt. And, um, and we're going to pray for in 30 seconds, and we're going to pray about that and see if we can say, all right, so that was, a, that was revelation, so now we're going to say, what does that mean? Yeah, go ahead, Bonnie. So we're just going to ask in 30 seconds. I'm just, we're going to ask and see if God gives us any insight into what that might mean. And then we'll do the same thing. and We'll take uh, a couple of minutes and we'll share. So, God, thanks for all of the words for Penny. And I do pray that you would deposit those into her heart and that she would treasure those and those would encourage her. And this one picture, all the pictures, we want to know what they mean. We've only got time for one. And so I pray for this picture Um, of the wall and the rope, and I pray that you would speak to us. What does that mean? How can we, what do you want to share with Penny? What do you want to speak to Penny through that picture? Okay, so same thing, veterans, hang back, let the rest of us jump in. Did anybody have something kind of flash into your mind off of that picture when when you close your eyes? Mary? It's good. All right. It's good. Anybody else? Yeah. It's good. Anybody else have anything they want to share? All right, Charlie. It's good. Go ahead. Psalm 18. I can sing the song if y'all would like me to. Sure. <laughs> Anybody else? That was good. That was good. So here's a... Yep. I'm sorry. I didn't see your hand. Go ahead, Amber. Good. So um, I'm going to close with this, and then we'll have a few minutes to talk around our table. That To me, one of the easiest ways to get into the habit or practice of hearing God is just to do that. Like, pick somebody in your life tomorrow and say, God, how would you want to encourage them through me today? And then whatever it is, just do that. And you don't have to say, God told me, God, like, don't even use that language. Just do it. Write, like, whatever he puts in your heart, write him a note, call him, take him to lunch, whatever he puts in your heart to do, do that. And if you'll begin to do that consistently, God, who do you want me to encourage? To me, it's, e- I, it's easier for me to pick a person even than to say, who do you want me to encourage today? I usually start with 
people who I'm going to run into or people who I'm thinking about. All right, what do you want me to do with this guy? Or how do you want me to encourage him? And then just shoot him the text or whatever it is that God puts in your heart. And you'll begin to... Yeah? Uh, Go ahead. You felt like it was something that was she was getting out of or into or you weren't sure. Okay. It's good. So anyway, that would be my encouragement to you. If, if this, whether this is new to you or not, to me, we're, we don't just want to hear God for us. We want to hear God for other people. He speaks to the body through the body, and so he wants to speak to people through you. And so if you can begin, my encouragement to you would be to begin to practice that discipline of saying, all right, how do I love blank? How do you want to encourage blank through me today? And then doing those things. And again, as long as they're encouraging and loving, you can't, like, you can't mess that up. And so there's a lot of freedom there, I think, and safety to begin to step out uh, into, into listening to the Lord and obeying uh, what he's saying to you. So that's all I've got. We've got 15 minutes. There's some questions up on the thing. I don't actually care if you work through those at all or if you work through them in order. Um, y'all can kind of decide that as a table, the thing that resonates most with you that you want to talk about.